helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. I want to thank you for joining us on this episode of the Life Transformation Show. Today's show is titled, The Positive and Negative Impacts of Childhood Adversities. In today's show, award-winning psychotherapist Michael Hart will be using the biblical story of King David to explain the impacts of childhood adversities and how even negative experiences can prepare us for success. If you are new to this show, we are on the air every Monday morning at 9.30 a.m. You can find out more about our not-for-profit organization by going to elimcounselingministry.com or by calling 1-877-544-3546. Let's go right into today's show. The Positive and Negative Impacts of Childhood Adversities. Most of us have suffered adversities in our childhood. It may be neglect. It may have been physical or sexual abuse. It might have been just that you were subject to perfectionist parents who nothing that you did was ever good enough for. Maybe it was just a situation where there were favoritism in your household, where you were not the favorite child, or maybe you weren't the prettiest and your siblings were were praised for their beauty or for their academic brilliance while you were treated as less than. Those are just a few of the forms of adversities that we can suffer in our childhood. Today I'm going to be using the biblical story of King David to speak on the topic of childhood adversities. And the show, the topic for the show, as you heard, is the positive and negative impact of childhood adversities. And I'm going to be using the story of King David to talk about his childhood and to make uh, comparisons or to draw parallels between what King David went through and some of what we go through in our modern society today. But I know that many of you might be wondering, what are you going to talk about David's childhood? Because the Bible really doesn't say much about his childhood uh, at all. But if you can piece together parts of Scripture from different books, you begin to get a picture of what David's childhood was like. And the first passage that I want to refer to today is from Psalm 51, and it's from verse 5 of Psalm 51. That's where we get the first picture of the type of childhood that David might have had, King David might have had. And that verse reads, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. And I know there are many different interpretations to that uh, that last part that said, in sin did my mother conceive me. But it's possible that that verse could also be saying that there was some sort of sexual sin that might have been involved in David's conception that made him an outcast in his family. 
that made him uh, maybe maybe made his father doubt whether or not David was his child. And you might be wondering, Michael, what's wrong with you? Like, where in the Bible do you get this sort of information that there might have been doubt? about David's paternity. Well, let us look at a few verses of Scripture. Let us uh, turn first to Psalm 69 and verse 8, and that's the, the, the other piece of the puzzle that we are putting together to get a picture of King David's childhood. So in Psalm 69, verse 8, we have these very interesting words where David, it's a Psalm of David, and David said, I am become a stranger unto my brethren, and an alien unto my mother's children. So here is King David. In Psalm 51, he said, I was born in sin, and I was shapen in iniquity. And I'm saying that there might have been something about his conception that made his father doubt whether or not he was his biological child. And here in Psalm 69, verse 8, don't turn off your radio yet. Just listen to me through before you, before you get mad and storm away, because I know this might be very new teaching to many of you, but I'm reading from the scripture here. So David in Psalm 69, nine verse 8 says, I am become a stranger unto my brothers and an alien unto my mother's children. So David is saying, there is something about in my household where I am the stranger. I don't fit in. I am like an alien. When you think of the word alien, uh, people who are alien in a particular country, there are people who don't look like the, 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 the regular citizens of that country. So David is saying, in my own family, I am an uh, alien uh, to the rest of my siblings. And my, my, I'm a stranger unto my brother. So there we have the first two parts of putting together the pieces of the picture of King David's childhood. So these would have been adversities. If you are in a family where your your pater, your father doubt whether or not he's your your biological father, and where you're a stranger or an alien, you can already see that there is this picture of being an outsider, feeling different, feeling as if you don't belong. And maybe uh, many of you can identify with that. You just had this feeling in your household that you didn't belong. And even people who later found out in life that they weren't the biological child of their their, their father would often say, I knew that there was something that, that, that made me feel like I just didn't fit in that family. Maybe you even looked like them, but there was just a feeling that I didn't belong. And so we have King David in his writings saying, I'm an outcast. You know, I was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. But not only that, among my, in Psalm 69, I just said, he He's, he's referred to himself as a stranger to his brothers and uh, an alien to his mother's children. These are very strong words of feeling different, of being excluded, as feeling as if you don't belong. So, so far, stay with me because I'm not uh, teaching heresy here. I'm just referring to what the Bible says. And so we have these first two parts of the puzzle. Now, if we are putting together this sort of picture as to why why King David might have had this terrible childhood. We got 
we get other glimpses of this as to what was going on in his family from uh, the book of Samuel when Saul was sent to anoint one of Jesse's son as king. And when he came to Jesse, Jesse is David's father. For those of you who might not be knowledgeable about the Old Testament, Jesse was was David's father, and Jesse had seven, eight sons in total, and 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 uh, David was the youngest son. And when Saul, when Samuel, I should say, when Samuel uh, came to anoint one of his sons as king and asked Jesse to call his children, what did we find happening in that passage? Jesse went for the first. Uh, seven sons and did not call David. So we put that piece of our investigation together and we can see we have David saying he was conceived in, in, in iniquity. We have David saying in Psalm 69 verse 8 that he's an alien in his household. And here in the book of Samuel, we see Jesse not claiming David as one of his son. He sent for all of his his other sons, and when Samuel and went through and looked at these sons, God revealed to Samuel that there must be someone else. There must he must have another child somewhere because Samuel the prophet didn't feel as if any of these these first seven sons were was the one that God had selected to be king, and so Samuel had to asked Jesse, do you have another son? And it was then that he said, yes, there is another one, you know, he's, he's David and he's out there with the flock. So we get a picture from that, that again, David is the outsider. He's out in the field. Jesse does not consider him to be one of his children. And I know many of you will look at that differently and will say, oh yes, it's because David was the youngest and that's maybe why uh, Jesse didn't believe he was suitable to be king, but far from beat because uh, David was quite a competent and skilled warrior by that time. He was very good at at protecting the animals. And as you will see read through the book of Samuel, you get this picture of this mighty man who is capable of fighting off lions and fighting off bears and is very good at what he does. But still, he's not good enough to be considered by his father to be worthy of being of being king like his other brothers who were not that skilled. Maybe you have been there. Maybe you have been in from a family where during your childhood, nothing that you did was ever good enough. And someone else does something that is minor. Someone, one of your siblings does something that is is minor compared to the level of, of what you did. And they were praised and lauded for their success for their for their success getting maybe a 50 and an exam where you got 90 and it didn't seem like anything big well david was like that david was the the skilled hunter the 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 the, the boy that was very good in the outdoors but he was still not considered good enough by his father to be included as one of his his sons so there we have this picture. We have formulated this picture of King David's childhood as the the child who was the 
outsider. The child who was not considered one of the sons was not considered good enough, who was probably conceived in in iniquity by his mother, or at least his dad thought so. But whether or not that's the case that he was conceived in 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 sin, uh, there was in terms of it being an adulterous union, the the Bible uh, gives us a lot of information that David was the outsider in his family. So David suffered a lot of adversities in his household. So as we continue to explore this background of King David, we see also that his brother, Eliab, the oldest brother, was was uh, very mean to David. In 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 28, when the, the battle of the Philistines versus the Israelites were taking place, and Eliab was one of the, the, the soldiers, and David was just uh, uh, someone that was carrying lunch for the soldiers. He's the one that his father said, you know, carry these meals for the for, for the, my sons who are fighting this battle. And so David wasn't even good enough to be drafted, despite the fact that he was a mighty warrior. He's carrying uh, meals for the real soldiers, and he's just this. He wasn't a boy by that time. Scholars tell us that by that time, David would have been about 28 years old. So he's carrying this, this meal for the soldiers who are in battle because he's not considered good enough to be drafted. And as David saw Goliath, who was humiliating the Israelites, something rose up in his heart that said, this is not right. Who is this Philistine to defy our God? And so David is now having righteous indignation because of what's going on and is is getting so angry about this Philistine who is challenging the Israelites to battle uh, and every, all the soldiers are shaking in their boots because of Goliath and David is not afraid. David is stepping up and asking questions of the soldier. And we get another glimpse as to what was going on in, in David's household because of the we see the hostility of Eliab in 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 28 towards David. And we read these words, When Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave these few sheep in the wilderness? I know how, how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. So I think there is something going on here between David and Eliab, where Eliab is scared. He's scared of Goliath. He cannot step up to the to the plate to challenge Goliath in a one-on-one uh, battle. But he, he had this younger brother who was despised and rejected. Is now rising up and saying, who is this Philistine that he should defy us? And he's getting a picture. He, he must have known that there's something about David that made him a threat. And so he's trying to get rid of David uh, right away by, by making him feel... Uh, like a nobody, but David pushed through, and as as the story unfolds, we see that Eliab was afraid, but David was not, and David pushed through, and actually the boy who was just carrying food for the soldiers 
or the young man, I should say, who was carrying food for the soldier ended up being the one who actually went on the battlefield to fight Goliath. And not only did he fight Goliath, he defeated Goliath because he was skilled and and, and a mighty warrior that was not allowed to shine in his, in his own family. You have been listening to the Life Transformation Show, where psychotherapist Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services has been using the biblical story of King David to discuss the positive and negative impacts of childhood adversities. Elim Counseling Services is a not-for-profit organization that counts on your support to stay on the air and to provide subsidized counseling to the financially disadvantaged of our society. You can donate through our website at elimcounselingministry.com where you will also have access to hundreds of other podcasts like the one you are enjoying. Back to Michael. So we have this situation where Iliad must have felt humiliated because his younger brother is now there and his younger brother is not afraid where he was. And he was the, the bright light in his family and, and the one that was esteemed as the eldest, but the youngest is now rising up and saying, I can do what you're afraid to do. So David wasn't trying to humiliate him. David was only trying to help. But nevertheless, David ended up hum- Eliab, I should say, ended up feeling humiliated by David and reacted to that. Have you ever uh, felt humiliated by anyone trying to help you? And they, they're doing it from the goodness of their heart, but it, it but you're just feeling, wow, this really shows me up uh, for my weakness. I can remember uh, feeling like that in, in some case. In one case, it, I was running a 10K race and my, my wife and I were were in this race and she finished way ahead of me so she got to the finish line ahead of me and she was there resting you know drinking her water having a nap and all of that and waiting for me to come and then she she probably wondered where is he and so she ran back like two kilometers to meet me uh still trying to complete my race so she ran two kilometers for me and then ran back with me to the finish line now that was the most humiliating thing in my life <laughs> i'm sort of half joking but really it was kind of humiliating but she was just trying to help she was just trying to say i i support you you know you can't finish this race and i'm coming to help you we're running in together well, I think maybe that's how Eliab feels. This is my little brother. And here he is. He's standing up to Goliath. And here I am. I am afraid. So we have this hostility of the older brother. And we have Jesse, uh, the father, not including him, David, as one of his sons. And so these childhood adversities, these dysfunction and this exclusion in the family home ha ha have consequences. So one of the consequences, one of this impact on David's life is that we see David sexually acting out. In in 2 Samuel verse 11, we see him seeking love in the wrong place with Bathsheba. And the way that that story unfolds, you can see that David is seeking to be loved. He there, 
he has everything that he need needed in life. He's king. He has wives, but there is still an emptiness inside, and he had to go after this other man's wife, Bathsheba. David was suffering from a lack of the bonding hormone oxytocin. And people who are deprived of a bond with a parent in childhood can have this lack that makes them seek to satisfy their that, that, that lack of bonding with a parental figure in sexually acting out. So we see David sexually acting out. And uh, this is one of the consequences of childhood neglect and abuse that people sometimes turn to sexual acting out as a way of trying to feel love. So that's one of the first impact of childhood abuse. Another impact of childhood abuse is disconnection from reality, where people uh, find ways to disconnect from what's really happening around them. And so an example of this would be the fact that after this sin with Bathsheba and after uh, David had, had led her husband to the front of the battle to have him killed to cover up the child, the, the, the unborn child that was soon to come into the world so that uh, her husband Uriah would be dead before the child was born. Uh, after having her husband killed and after committing adultery, King David disconnected from the reality of what happened and just continued on as if nothing had happened. And many people who have had childhood abuse and neglect have a tremendous capacity to detach from reality. And they may even use things to help themselves detach. They, they may use entertainment. They may use drugs. They may use sex. But it's all a way, these pleasures are a way of disconnecting from reality. And so David disconnected from reality to the point where God had to send the prophet Nathan to remind him that, David, there is something that you have done that is very bad. And so Nathan came to David and told him this parable about someone who was unjust and unfair. And David got into a rage and said, who is that person? He has to be punished. And Nathan said, thou art the man. In Second Kings, Second Samuel chapter twelve, verse seven, and so it was only then that King David connected with reality and understood the gravity of what he has done. Are you living with someone who is like that? They're 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 doing things that is creating great consequences for you and for the family, but they just can't seem to see how serious it is. And and you're you're speaking to them about it, but they're just so disconnected as if it's not a big deal, as if nothing is happening. And so it is that it could be that they have developed this tremendous capacity to dissociate because of their childhood pain as well. Children who are abused and neglected develop this, this tremendous capacity to dissociate from reality. And it serves as a coping mechanism in childhood. But in adulthood, it can become very dysfunctional as they are just out of touch with how their actions are affecting those around them. 
And the next the next impact of childhood abuse is in is in in David's parenting. We see that David David uh, how he parented his children was very dysfunctional. And this led to a lot of bad things happening in his family. Like in in Second Samuel chapter thirteen, we have Amnon uh, raping his sister Tamar, two of David's children. And David didn't deal with it the way that a father did. And as a result of that, later on in in Second Samuel, we read of Absalom killing Amnon for what happened and having to go into exile. But then, even after that, David did nothing to deal with the situation that was raging in his family. And so Absalom came back from exile, and for two full years, David refused to see him to the point where Absalom had to set a field and fire to see his father's face. So yes, uh, David was a great king, but he was a very dysfunctional father. And he's dysfunctional because he didn't have a father in his life that treated him with love and treated him with dignity that helped him to see what it was like to be a father. And many people who have suffered this kind of childhood abuse and neglect or being despised by a parent end up not having an example of how to parent properly. And they, in turn, will end up neglecting their children. The way King David treated his family was neglectful, not dealing with Tamar's rape, not disciplining Amnon for what he, has, he had done, led to, led to Absalom murder, murdering his brother, and then not dealing with Absalom with forgiveness and with love after he had served his time in exile, further led to this ugly family rift where Absalom ended up trying to overthrow King David. Dysfunctional parenting have tremendous consequences on the family system. So so there we have had a look at some of the, the negative impacts of childhood uh, childhood uh, neglect and, and negative negative adversity or adversities I should say in childhood but let us look at some of the look at look at the positive now so adversities can be the building blocks of success we look at this the, this the life of King David and we see that King David was successful this the time in isolation landed King David his first music contract. And many of you are wondering, what are you talking about? Music contract. Yes, King David was actually the first person to land a music contract. And we are told in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 18, that when Saul was sick and the servant came to Saul and said, you know, we need someone to play who can really play the harp very well for you. And so if you, so that when you are you have these bad moods that come up on you, this person could play to relieve your whatever it is that you're going through, that the servant uh, 
who was telling Saul, said, I have seen a son of Jesse who is cunning at playing the harp. 1 Samuel 16, 18. And so they contracted uh, David because of how skillful he was at playing playing the harp. If, if it was in today's uh today's language, this servant would have seen King David on social media, seen his YouTube channel or seen his Instagram and say, wow, this kid has thousands and thousands of followers. And so he's very, very good. And so King David was the first to get a, a music contract and played for the king in the king's palace, which is quite an esteemed thing to have happen. And so King David only became good at the harp because of his time in isolation. The rejection by his brothers led to him having time alone to practice. So adversity is the very things that has led to you being an outcast can also be the very thing that position you for greatness. David's time in isolation also enabled him to perfect his slingshot. And this is how he overcame Goliath. He had time to practice and while he was out with the sheep, he became very good at what he did. And the final point is that David's time in isolation deepened his relationship with God. Your time in isolation, your adversities, your neglect don't have to be what leads to your demise. It can be what will lead to your greatness. Those things that you learned because you didn't have a mother to do things for you are the very things that can help you to be successful later on in life. There's so much more that I wanted to say, but uh, we're out of time for today. But your adversities are your building blocks for greatness. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. Thank you.